It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, breaking things down every Saturday. Uh, thank you for tuning in. All right, Michelle, I threw this out earlier in the show. It's on social media. I've asked questions to both uh, the Utah and BYU side about what they, th- about what both fan bases think the future for Utah should be in terms of uh, expansion or conference realignment. Now, uh, I threw it out on Twitter. We're at 159 votes on the Utah side of things as of Right now, 179 votes in on the BYU one. The question essentially remains the same. If all options are on the table for Utah and conference realignment, what's your preference? What do you want to see happen? From the Utah side, the, the responses were remain with the Pac-12, join the Big 12, hold out for Big 10 or other, independents, etc. Currently, join the Big 12 is still winning that poll, 34.6%. Uh, remain with the Pac-12 in second with 29.6%. Hold out for the Big 10 is just over 16%. And then other is 19.5%, which is interesting to me. Uh, I'm guessing, I'm not going to lie, I think it's more BYU fans because the other, I think, Bro, implies... Yeah. Mountain Go back to the Mountain West. Go to the Big Sky. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I... Uh, I'm just going to throw this out here. Not likely to happen. I mean, I suppose in some like very, very strange alternate universe, but come on guys, it's top 20 consistent top 25 team. Somebody's going to take them. Yeah. Uh, Now on the BYU side, the responses were for for Utah to stay in the PAC 12, join BYU in the big 12, go to mountain West, such independence or other Uh, go to mountain West, such independence because BYU fans are having fun with this 40.8% of the vote. Uh, Join BYU in the big 12 though. Still pretty strong. 36.9%. Uh, 20.1% for staying in the Pac-12. So uh, some pretty strong back and forth on this. But, yeah, there, there are the BYU fans out there who are like, Heh, go back to the Mountain West, see how it is. Go independent, see how easy that is. Like, Yeah. So be it. But what makes this rivalry great, Michelle? It just it never, literally ever stops. No. No, they always find something to bicker about. <laughs> they really do. They really do. Give them, give them five minutes. They, they will, they'll find something. They'll figure it out. They'll that, find something. That's the fun part about all this is we get, we get to kind of sit back and watch it all kind of play out. But it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. By the way, uh, there is the BYU 50 deal is ongoing right now in the state of Utah. They did it across the country last week. Apparently, they have multiple locations across the state. You can win, actually win. I think the out-of-state people, they were actually, if you won it, they're flying you in for a BYU game. Dang. Like, I know. So I don't know what the BYU giveaway, like in-state factors, it may, may be tickets. I think it's for the homecoming game against Texas Tech. Huh. But anyways, I just kind of funny to watch all that that playing out in real time because uh, they literally, they went multiple occasions in multiple, st- like across the entire country last week. But like, 
I think Texas had four different locations that they were getting. Like, so they're they're flying a lot of people in. Delta's huh. part of this and everything, but to fly multiple people in from across the country to that's crazy. I don't know, crazy. I, stuff. Somehow, well, actually, it's probably because I was really focused in on Pac-12 Media Day. It was because like, it, it took that took place last Saturday is when oh, it was okay. going down. Yeah, so. I was like, I. I did not hear anything about this, so this is news yeah. to me. But, but you were okay. you were both engaged with Pac-12 Media Day as well as you were my fam- my off family. on vacation. My family. It, and un- I really did try to not pay attention Good. to anything. Good for you, as you should. All right. Uh, we are joined now by Spencer McLaughlin. He hosts both the Locked On Pac-12 podcast as well as Locked On Ducks covering the Oregon Ducks. Uh, he is also a, a commentator for Southern Utah Sports down in Cedar City. A good friend. Spencer, thank you for taking the time uh, joining Michelle and I. How are you? Hey, it's great to be on with you guys. And I'm just always anxiously awaiting the next shooter drop in all of this craziness. <laughs> hey, welcome to the welcome to the welcome hey, to the right. party. <laughs> that's that's yeah. just the state of uh, college sports right now. It feels like. Yeah, I don't think there's any other way to describe it other than you know we're just always thinking about what's next and what what's the next move and who's moving and who's jumping and what does that mean for this and i mean it's of all the off-season stories to to keep us busy until football gets back this this is a heck of a story i tell you well and that's the thing so some of our coworkers here at the station i was actually talking with one of them earlier this week spencer and he and i were going back and forth and we both agreed this Conference realignment this this off season alone, it's been the gift that keeps giving because it literally you think it's going to kind of fade away, yeah. and the next week it, roaring back exactly. It's just been absolutely insanity. And now, of course, I, I've been listening to you doing locked on Pac twelve. I feel like you have covered this from almost every angle possible. Now you have obviously new angles that pop up at all times, but give me a, a feeling for how you look right now with. Colorado officially exiting the Pac-12 next year, going to the Big 12. The nine remaining schools in the in the Pac right now, what do you think their priority should be at this current circumstance? Well, you know, the school that everyone's talking about the most is Arizona because Arizona has had their president, Robert Robbins, make the most, uh, you know, open comment, shall we say, with regards to hinting at the possibility of going to the Big 12. And look, the comment that I'm referring to was, you know, from the past several months, everything blurs together. I don't remember when it was, but I do, I do know that it happened. I'm not, I'm not yeah. making it up. I know yeah. that it happened. I, I just, if people are wondering like, oh, I wonder when he said that. I don't know. Don't ask me. So, <laughs> I, I, just I feel that. that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the comment was basically saying, look, we want to be in the Pac-12. This is where we want to be. This is where we're here for a reason. We're not leaving. We're not going anywhere. But also we have to do, you know, what's in the best interest of Arizona. We're, you know, he made a comment that we're in driving distance to Lubbock, which is, of course, a Big 12 city with uh, with, with with Texas Tech. So, I, I think Arizona is the logical next school to to watch here. Uh, there's been the most buzz around them, but you know, I, I I I continue to be perplexed that you know their president, after Colorado left, was still willing to give the Pac-12 time to try and finish. A deal so that he could see, or presidents and the Chancellor George Klyovkov, uh, he, he said, look, we want to see the deal. That's where we've always been. That has been his position, is they want to be in the Pac-12. They do not want the Big 12, or they would have gone already. They, they want to be in the Pac-12. They want to see the deal. They want to compare the offers. They want to take the better offer. Everything about that is very logical. But what is curious, at the very least, at this juncture is Colorado leaves, 
because they got impatient or tired of waiting for the deal. Why did Colorado feel like they had to jump and couldn't wait any longer, but Arizona hasn't left yet? I think that's an interesting question to ponder. You could look at potential ties uh, in the University of Arizona school system with, uh, with Arizona State. You could look at maybe they actually do want to see the Pac-12 media deal and think that one can still get done even without the buffs being a part of it. But there, there is some reason out there why they didn't immediately follow Colorado because, you know, Arizona or the Big 12 is looking at Arizona and just waiting for them to jump over into their into their waiting and open arms. So, Spencer, do you think part of the reason why maybe Arizona is a little more patient is that President Robbins does sit on the board of like the the board of executives? And so he might have a little more information that, say, Colorado does not currently have at the moment. I, I, I don't know why one president would have more information than another. You know, if uh, part what, what we've seen reported so far has been that Colorado wanted to see a deal, not necessarily sign the deal in the grant of rights, but they wanted to see a deal with hard numbers last week. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen, it was the final straw. They talked with the Big 12 for a while and said, look, we want to see what we have over here because this is where we'd like to be. But they were getting impatient. They're ushering in a new era of football with Deion Sanders, and they you know, wanted to be secure in knowing that they're going to have a television deal, that they're going to have you know, at least some money coming in from the conference and everything like that, and that they would be sure as to what it is so that they can allow Dion and his coaches to, to focus on football. And you know, apparently they, under, understandably, in my view, because this has been such a long, drawn-out process, they got to the point where they said, look, if you can't give us a deal right now, we're, we're just going to go. We're just going to go. I'm t- we're tired of waiting. We're tired of guessing. We're tired of hoping. We're tired of talking, tired of all that sort of stuff. And I understand that, uh, totally. especially when you, when, you have the, when you have the Dion component in there. I, I had somebody uh, tell me recently that uh, – or just make an interesting point. New coaches are translating into new conferences. Lincoln Riley, new coach, new conference. Deion Sanders, new coach, new conference. It's not exclusive, of course, um, but, you know, to every new coach. But I do think that there is a component to that with, you know, kind of the feeling of resetting, restarting, relaunching your brand, your team, your program, everything, and having a fresh start in a new conference. I I think those things can align at, at some level. So that might be part of the calculation for Arizona as well is that, you know, they are entering year three of the rebuild with Jed Fish and it's well underway. Like their momentum is, is stable, but Colorado, you know, wants to be sure. And I think Arizona feels they can, you know, compete or have a place in either conference, which obviously they, uh, they, they can, but, you know, back to the president's question, I, I don't know how, I mean, it would be in my view, gross, mismanagement of which we've already seen some obviously from George Klyovkov to have one president knowing something that another president does not with regards to the media deal. Like what is, what is the advantage there other than I think that there are no advantages. You just, you isolate somebody if you were to do that. So I, I think it was about Colorado, not about, you know, what one person knew versus, versus others. I think Colorado just doesn't see as viable the future on, on the media rights front and uh, Arizona thinks there's, there's still a chance or maybe this, you know, is all a moot conversation come Monday morning. 
Spencer McLaughlin joining us, host of Locked On Pac-12 podcast as well as the Locked On Ducks podcast. And uh, Spencer, I know you're from the Pacific Northwest, and a lot of yep. eyes were cast that way in terms of, okay, who could be next? And Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority says that he, he's like, it's not something you're thinking of. And a lot of people immediately are like, Oregon, Washington? Like, who? who? Give me your sense for the, the appetite for either Huskies or Ducks fans to jump to the Big 12. From the fan bases, yeah. it's minimal from the schools it might not be i'm not saying it's non-existent but look i i personally don't want any more realignment like this stuff is interesting it's fascinating it's been leading my show for a long long time for the most part for the last many many months and trying to read between the tea leaves and getting hints and quotes and everything like that and all these you know bogus statements from the pac-12 we're united yeah all right cool um but so I, I just feel like they are are in a position now where you you would like to think that you could still have your traditional rivalries with pack schools and you could keep things where you were at. But the future of the athletics department is not up to is not up to the fans. So you know how they feel about stuff. I don't think is particularly relevant you know in my experience usc fans are thrilled about going to the big 10 and there are a lot of pac-12 fans that say don't let the door hit you on the way out um don't like usc fans a whole heck of a lot all the time but ucla fans that i've that i've interacted with or that i've met i actually played with one uh with with a couple a while back after the move got announced down in uh st george out of copper rock of course i know you you enjoy jake and it's Mm -hmm. my favorite down there in st george but I was playing with him and asked him about it, and he thought that it sucked. And I said, do you know a lot of other UCLA fans? He said, yeah, friends with a lot of my buddies from college and whatnot. We all we all think it sucks and, and, and that it stinks. And, you know, I think for Oregon and Washington, at the end of the day, they're going to come to terms with whatever is in the best interests of their athletic department. Um, there, there are some who, you know, just feel like they want to get out of the pack, but only because of the mismanagement, not because they – you know, want to leave behind the geography or the traditional rivalries or the history in the conference, but because they just want to be secure in knowing what their sports future is going to look like and that they're going to have to have a chance, uh, you know, competitively and financially to compete at a high level. Even with Colorado leaving, the pack has a good foundation, especially with Washington, Oregon, Utah, that really realistically those are kind of the ones that have carried the conference over the past 13 years. Those are the ones that have won the most championships, at least in football, um, and just been more consistent players. Do you see any way for the Pac-12 or Pac-9 or whatever to to fix this, hold it together, and still have a compelling conference? And if so, what, what would those steps entail? Well, John Wilner of the Mercury News, and the uh, Wilner Hotline show, he has said that media people that were, he said the other day on Paul Feinbaum's show that uh, media media people that are not in the Big 12 or the Pac-12 still think there's a deal out there to be had for the Pac-12. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of done with words at this point. Like, mm-hmm. I've been hearing that for a long time, but here we are, and we got another school jump. But to your point, it's not as if a, conference powerhouse in Colorado has suddenly jumped like you you could certainly frame this in a way it wouldn't be an honest way of framing the argument but if I wanted to be like a blindly pro Pac-12 homer 
I'd say we don't need Colorado. It's not a loss. They stink at football. They did stink at football for a really, really long time. <laughs> they still kind of do stink. We don't know what, yeah. what the primary is going to look like. But yeah, to your point, go ahead. Yes, but so they they were, you know, a bottom feeder in, in the conference. And so on the surface, you know, why does a bottom feeder leaving the conference affect it so much? It's not so much about that move, mm-hmm. but what the move could mean for others and the momentum it creates right. and the perception that it creates uh, for for the conference and such. But do I, you know, lament the loss of Colorado in a big way? Not particularly. I mean, they appeared in one conference championship game, and that's it. Um, they did not win it. They got housed by by Washington. And, you know, you, you made a great point, uh, set me up for the question, which is Oregon, Washington, Utah have kind of been the ones carrying your conference anyway. Like, for all the talk about and look, USC and UCLA, their losses. There's there's no mm-hmm. no way around that. But I think the perception of what it means for the quality of football or the depth of the teams in the league is overblown. What's not overblown is the impact on the media rights deal, the conference's future, the perception of it, and everything like that. But to say, oh, the conference is terrible now. You don't have USC, UCLA, and Colorado. They have one conference championship between them the three in them. what 12 years of the league's existence they have one combined and they've only appeared in a cup like colorado's appeared in one ucla's been in two uh, i think usc has been in uh three one of them was the covid year which i don't count even though my ducks won it like that didn't feel like a conference championship so that was you know i that that narrative i don't think is popping up a ton right now if the conference is able to stabilize i think it will Say, oh, without USC, UCLA, and Colorado. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? They, they have one title between them. Utah's won two in a row. They've been to each of the last four full-season Pac-12 football championships. Oregon's got three. Washington's got two. Stanford mm-hmm. has, got, has, has got the most Pac-12 championships of anybody in the conference. Now, it's a different world of college football. I understand that. But to say that these schools from a football, just a football standpoint, have been carrying the league for a long time is factually inaccurate. Spencer McLaughlin joining us, host of the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. And Spencer, uh, the, the biggest storyline with what's kind of laying out there for the Pac-12 is what the future is going to hold. And Michelle and I, earlier on in today's show, kind of came to an we both agree that the statement the Pac-12 put out said that we're going to get our media rights deal and then aggressively address expansion. feels like it's backwards. What do you think? Well, with regards to the statement that they're going to get the media rights deal done, what I keep coming back to is, you ever see that old cartoon where Lucy puts the football down for Charlie Brown? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, the Pac-12 is Lucy here, and people who think the deal is going to get done, you know, imminently, as they've been saying for a long time, they're all Charlie Brown because they just keep putting the football down. And, you know, months ago, this was in March. I remember this one a little little bit more clearly compared to some of the other storylines and everything that's all just kind of blending together. They, uh, there were comments from Pac-12 presidents and athletic directors that were indicating very clearly a media deal was about to get done because they were saying things like two weeks. They were mm-hmm. saying things like end of the month. They were saying things like, yeah, this is going to wrap up. We're about to be done. And then when that didn't happen and it got bumped out to June, 
that's when I threw up my hand and said, look, I'm not going to run and run up and kick that football anymore until I can see that there's a robotic arm that is holding it like I had when I was a kicker in middle school, which is an uninteresting tidbit about me that everybody had to hear. So I, I, I just look at what, you know, they keep saying, and I'm like, I, get, give me a Marshawn Lynch quote here. I'm, I'm about that action, boss. Like wor- words mean absolutely nothing at, at, at this point in time. But to your point about them doing it backwards, I, I am perplexed why every other, every single other conference expands and then does media rights. I am unclear, and maybe it's a logistical or technical hurdle with whoever one of their media rights partners is. Perhaps Amazon or Apple is causing this to causing it to go this way. I don't know. But every other conference in America is able to expand and then get a deal done later. The Big 12 announced their four new expansion teams, including BYU with UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati. They announced that, what, like a couple months after Texas and Oklahoma announced they were departing in July 2021? Like, and then the media deal, which ended up being just an extension of their previous deal with different teams factored in, to be fair – that got done October 2022. Mm-hmm. So the Pac-12s continued insistently. The SEC signed their deal after they announced Texas and Oklahoma. The Big Ten signed their deal after they announced USC, UCLA. I don't understand why when San Diego State and SMU have been your top options for so long, you can't announce them as schools and then go get your media rights deal done. And that, that, that's a question that you know calls into question – what the deal could actually be, whether they're going to be able to actually get a deal. But all the reporting from legitimate reporters has been that they're capable of getting a deal. It's just a matter of finding the right deal. But they just keep doing this backwards. And their latest statement as a conference said that, you know, that's the way they want to do it. It's sign the media deal, grant of rights, and then expansion. And I I just wonder if they had announced expansion first and then gone to get the media rights deal if it hadn't create if it hadn't if it wouldn't have created enough momentum to stop schools from feeling like they had to leave the way that Colorado did and then Arizona might. All right. Well we will leave it right there. I think that's a good way to, to end it, Spencer. But yes, uh you and I need to get out on the golf course soon. Uh we'll have to get down yeah. and maybe try out, you know, Black Desert or something like that. But uh Hey, if you want to take me out to Black Desert, I got it on the radio right here. Jake's treat, Black Desert. <laughs> I well, let's just put this way. I, we have some connections down that we may be able to work in our favors. So we'll we'll work on that. But nonetheless, a big thank you to for carving out some time to join us on, here on the Saturday show and we'll do it again soon, all right? Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. And with regards to what you just said there at the end, you have my phone number. Uh, we, we, we'll, we'll take care of you. No problem. All right, there you go. Spencer McLaughlin, Locked On Pac-12 Podcast, as well as Locked On Ducks. Uh, I think he makes a very good point there. Like, it could have created some momentum. But it could have. Going back to our original conversation, you're just kind of sitting on hands yet again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's, the Pac-12 needs to make a splash somehow. Yeah. Somehow, some way. And they had, uh, a, they had a way to do it, as Spencer points out. And now it's you're going to expand. We're mm-hmm. we're, we're doing this thing. Mm-hmm. The it and by splash I mean action. Yeah, there there too. needs to be yeah. action. The splash is the action. <laughs> it's an not, actionable step. Not yeah. words saying that eventually you might take some action. Yeah. yeah, very good point. Done and over. Do something. It's it's baffling. Honestly, it, it is. It's baffling. It's exhausting. 
Obviously, I'm a little frustrated by this. All of us are. Let's be real. Come on. Like, guys, I just want to focus on the fun things, which is football games and the stories that come from that. I don't want to deal with this nonsense anymore. So just do something. Right or wrong, do something. And they're, they're very close to running the risk of having everything that is accomplished on the field this season. Overshadowed. Completely overshadowed. Which it could be a really, really fun year. (laughs) But let this linger. We we digress. Yeah. All right. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get to five minutes of. Got some other topics we need to hit on on today's show. We'll get to all that next. This is the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought... There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. By the way, your bump back music today, Christian, I haven't said this earlier. It's been elite. Well done, sir. All right. Uh, <laughs> You know, one day we're actually going to have, like, actual rejoins for this show. But until then, you can enjoy some great music. There'll be music involved with it anyways. But yeah. uh, Okay, Michelle, so time for five minutes. I need to cover some of the other topics out there in the college-slash-pro sports arenas out there. Uh, wanted to start off a uh, couple of notes in terms of the NFL real quick. Training camps are open. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert just got major money, $262.5 million. Uh, the guy that they expect to top him is Joe Burrow, and they're expecting that at some point here in the relatively near future. Well, like a day later, Joe Burrow goes and jacks up his calf. Oh, oh, Joe Burrow. He's got a calf strain. Uh, now, severity of it has not been listed. Uh, his coach, Zach Taylor, did say that he's going to be out several weeks, but several goes from anywhere between like three weeks and <laughs> so. I would say to about seven. It will, it'll be interesting. Like that, that's the thing about it is like he's going to still make the money. Like there's no doubt. Like Joe Burrow, outside of Patrick Mahomes, might be the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. Now Justin Herbert is not a bad quarterback. I, I honestly feel like Herbert could lead the Chargers to some pretty special stuff. The problem is I think he's got a head coach who doesn't understand in-game strategy, and has cost his team. But we'll see. We will see. I I never really was that enamored with Justin Herbert. Uh, well, but what, but what he showed at Oregon versus what he showed in the pros are like two is, very different. Is things. very different. Yeah. Um, I I certainly don't think his situation's been helped. We'll we'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, I I still have not been as hot on him as mm-hmm. others have been. But yeah, no the the situation with the Chargers definitely has not helped. You you have to have some pieces. Now, uh, you, I assume you saw this. Did you see that Aaron Rodgers signed a new deal with the Jets? That he gave up is it thirty? It's thirty five million, right? Was, he had one hundred ten million in guarantees remaining on his deal that was traded with him from the Packers to the Jets. He signed a new deal. It's a fully guaranteed two year seventy five million dollar deal. Like I know you grew up a Packers fan. Mm-hmm. Does that make you feel any sort of way that he willingly gave back $35 million to the Jets? Now, 
I'm assuming there's going to be a makeup somewhere because you're not just here out of the goodness of my heart. Please have thirty five million dollars back. But does that does that irk you at all as a as a as a Packers fan? No, because I I I frankly I'm probably one of the few few and far between Packers fans that ended up not liking okay. him very much and Fair not enough. liking Brett Far very much. Uh, they're they're great football players, but mm-hmm. outside of that. Uh, and I, I kind of care about how you handle yourself outside of football too. So, well, um, he's an eccentric character. Let's just put that. yeah. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I, you're right. I don't. I don't think at all he's given that money back out of the goodness of his heart. I, I think the stipulation there is you're going to get me some pieces. To work with this, and uh, I'm I'm going to have input since I gave you my money back. He's already had input, but yeah, to your point, yeah, yes. it just further cements that. Hey, Pac-12, take some notes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am the captain now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know that's how you call some shots. Mm-hmm. Just FYI. Well, and that's the thing about this is it's going to be interesting because the Jets are going all in. Mm-hmm. Like this is they are they are pushing chips into the middle of the table. Now they do have pieces like Quinn and Williams, who they just signed to a big money deal. He looks like th- outside of Aaron Donald, he may be the best defensive tackle in the league. Like and Aaron Donald's getting up there, and who knows how long Donald is going to keep going. They've got pieces that are young pieces, but when you bring in an Aaron Rodgers who's thirty nine, you're pushing chips in right now, yeah, and saying we're chasing it. And, they had they they had a defense last year that was very very good. Now the offense really held them back, and a lot of that falls at the feet of the quarterback derby they had going on. Zach Wilson wasn't good enough. Now there are people saying in training camps already that Zach Wilson looks like night and day different. Is that is that because of Aaron Rodgers? Is that because Zach is now in a less stressful position as the number two? Who knows? Yeah, there's pro- there's probably a combo of reasons there. I'm sure yeah. less stress helps. I think there's maybe a bit of oh crap, like oh yeah, I I, I done screwed this pooch, and there's some embarrassment there. I mean, yeah. you made a lot of money, mm-hmm. you were taken number two overall, you didn't perform like that at all. Um, you know, there's some expectations that come with that, and then you got benched for a guy that nobody's heard of, yeah, and now you're benched for I mean kind of an all-time great because you can't be trusted to do the job yeah like i mean that has to hurt and so if that lights a fire under his butt uh to you know start doing better and maybe living up to some of that potential then that's what it is but it also could be too little too late yeah no doubt it it's nfl training camps are always funny to me because we actually get a so i think we have the NFL Hall of Fame game is a week from it was a week from Thursday I think is when that Hall of Fame game goes and then all of a sudden we're gonna start obviously overreacting to preseason games which... totally totally because we're rational we're, people but we're so starved from actual like football action that it's like ah yes oh my gosh the bottom feeder yeah. of the league they're gonna be great this year yeah probably not it's one of those Really, Probably not. Really weird deals. A uh, couple other notes here. Uh, Real Salt Lake is in the midst of their League's Cup run here. Now, uh, they took on Monterey, and I was on the call. They played their first their two group games uh, of this tournament. They smashed uh, Seattle last week. It was 3 nothing. They absolutely just dominated every facet of the game. But then uh, Wednesday night, Monterey, one of the 
traditional giants of Liga MX, one of the best teams in Mexico, came to America first field and in the first 22 minutes absolutely handed it to RSL. I saw that. But, and Christian, you were producing this game. RSL missed, I don't know, five, six really good looks on goal. They could have, they could have scored. And not just missed, but like hit the crossbar. Yeah. They, like they, inches Chicho away. Chicho hit the crossbar. Um, Brian Vera had a header that he headed down so hard that it went off the turf and over the goal from about three yards away. I don't the 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 angle of that, like the whole yeah. physics of it, I'm like, how did how that did happen? Do that? Yeah, anyways. I yeah. dare you to do that again. So now RSL has to wait for Seattle and Monterey who play tomorrow and as long as uh, Seattle doesn't beat Monterey by four goals, RSL is moving on. We'll see where they play, who they play. It's looking like they're going to play Club Leon out of Liga MX. It'd be next Friday based on the early schedule I was told about. Mm-hmm. But the fun thing about this is it, it's I think that, that game against Monterey, RSL had won 11 straight. They were, 11, right. they won 11, they were unbeaten 11 straight uh, since late May until losing to Monterey. Monterey is... They're number two in their league right now down there in Mexico. I think it showed RSL, okay, we're not necessarily that bad. We got beat 3 nothing. It doesn't yeah. look good on the scoreline, but the, the chances RSL generated in that show that, okay, we can compete. The question is, can you actually win against yeah. the top of Liga MX? Yeah. You know, it's too bad that they don't give points for hitting the crossbar or, <laughs> you know, bouncing a ball yeah. after heading it over the goal. Like, yeah. You know, the, the, those are some things, like I said, I dare you to do it again. Yeah, and it's just interesting. Like, And it, this this whole tournament deal, it's interesting because there's a lot of thought out there that Major League Soccer has gained ground on Liga MX as a, as a, just in terms of the overall league. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Lionel Messi is over there with Inter-Miami scoring goals in bunches. Like, I, I'm telling you, I, I expected this. Like, People are either, it's bad for the league that Messi's doing what he's doing. I'm like, is it or is it that he is going to literally force Major League Soccer teams to actually upgrade their talent to be able to defend guys like him who want to come over here and play? I will tell you what my competitive hip-hop teacher once said. Okay. So they're the my last year doing it, mm-hmm. uh, they kind of let everybody into the top class. Okay. Everybody got a gold star. You, 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 everybody yeah, got to in. be yeah. in advanced hip-hop. Not everybody should have been in advanced hip hop. Let's just put it that way. Okay. There were like three or four of us that like were on it. Mm-hmm. Everybody else hot mess. Like, I mean, we had to change very simple things in order for them to look good. To accommodate because, them. Because they couldn't. And there was one practice that we had where we had to critique each other. And one of the girls, I, it was like the four of us that were actually like, on top of it belonged in that class okay her critique was they're going too hard and it doesn't look right and the teacher <sighs> said no you need to match their energy you gotta catch up yeah and i think that's what we're seeing in mls like it's why why should you dumb the product down mm-hmm. when instead you should be upgrading yeah well, and that that either means Current people are putting in more work to get up to that level, mm-hmm. or you go and you find that talent and you bring it in. Well, and that's going to be the interesting part. I, I think Real Salt Lake has proven that they're in the game now. They've spent a club record $14 million this transfer window with, by the way, more money coming. Uh, mm-hmm. They recently just signed another kid, a youth national team star. Uh, he's going to play for the Real Monarchs, their minor league team to start at least, but they're 
they're in it. Chicho Arango, if you, by the way, and, and a, lot, a lot of people out there, when I mention soccer, they're just, I'm, I'm out. It's just, it's, Chicho Arango is worth watching. Mm-hmm. Dude's awesome. Like, Arsenal has not had a guy of his caliber since Alvaro Sabarillo. Well, when did Sabo leave? It's been a decade. Yeah, you said it's been a while, which blew my mind. I thought he was, I thought well, that was feels, fairly recent. It, it, it feels like it, though, but it, it's been a minute. So, it's fun to see RSL actually back in, have, back in the games, so to say, and have money behind them. They 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 were kind of just treading water there for a long time yeah. with the whole we need to sell the club, new guys coming in, they are getting their it just. It's good to have them on the right footing finally. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's looking like they could play Club León, uh, like I mentioned, and. That's another chance like to face off against a Mexican. And Mexico has far deeper rosters, overall money investment. Like it's just it They've it, just worked on it way longer yeah. than we have in the US. Well, yeah. Point major, blank. Yeah. So uh <laughs> interesting. But it just that's the thing about this is that I think Messi, yes, he is thirty six years old. He is still maybe the greatest player in the world right now. And he is going to score lots of goals in major league soccer. I've got no doubt about that. Like there's a there's a scenario here next month, Michelle, where RSL they beat Houston in that uh, U.S. Open Cup semifinal, and Inter Miami with Messi goes to Cincinnati and wins. RSL likes hosting Lionel Messi and Inter Miami in the U.S. Open Cup final at at America First Field. I want to say Rio Tinto Stadium. Know, it's now right. America First Field, but right. that would be awesome, oh, insane. Yeah, it would be insane. Can you imagine the ticket prices for that. <laughs> Hello, Oakland A's. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't even have to like you don't have to purposely yeah, price them high. Yeah, it's not it's not to like try and thwart a yeah a, a protest. <laughs> One of those weird things, but yeah, so it'll be interesting. I, I am interested to see. It's fun to have RSL back, just competing. Like, yeah, well, I mean, like early on, I mean, like right out of the gate, once. Real Salt Lake was even a thing here. Mm-hmm. They were competing. They won that title um, in 09. You know, so it, it kind of was really disappointing when they when they took that nosedive. And, of course, we all know that sports are cyclical. Yes. Uh, and people have their moments. And mm-hmm. then, you know, some take a bigger nosedive than others. But, like, you know, not everybody stays on top for forever. Like, that's just impossible. Yeah. But I think it was a little bit disappointing to see kind of how far down – Real Salt Lake fell, and, and hopefully they're on the rebound again. Yeah, you, fun to see them climb. All right, uh, we will come back on the other side, finish out this edition of the Saturday show with some final thoughts. It's all coming up next right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, DKSL Sports Zone. And Clinto Pete says this, Michelle. Uh, nice flex by Michelle by Bodkin KSL Sports, though. I got skills, yo. Uh, talking about your, your... I got no doubt you have skills. I did have skills. I probably... I probably look like one of those embarrassing moms now, quite <laughs> frankly. Even, even though I don't have kids. Okay, here's the thing. No, 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 no. You... But I'm old enough to be someone's mom. <laughs> hey, great. <laughs> That's a whole other element to this. But here's the thing. You did it for such a long time. I've got no doubt that you'd be far more advanced than most people in that circumstance. Because you you have the background in it. Even, even though you haven't done it a lot since, you'd still at least you have the baseline there. 
here's the thing. I like like I I got a late start on dance compared mm-hmm. to a lot of the people that I was with. Got it. I still ended up making advanced classes. Um, so I caught up there. The the flexibility thing was really kind of the thing that I don't think I excelled very well at because I didn't start super young. Sure. Um, so a lot of people had that on me, but as far as picking up and learning choreography, easy, (laughs) so easy being able to count easy. Now don't ask me to add. That's a whole other story. Like can't do that very well, but I can count. Uh, All right. But so it's one of those things. I never was a really good freestyler in any like I I can't go out there and like dance around and make it look good. But if you teach me choreography, I will make that look good. All right. There you go. Hey, I I, I, mad respect for it because it's trust me. (laughs) Any of that. Not my jam. I am. I am your like the whitest of white boys over here. I, I I will hold. I can't even dance to that, Michelle. I'm I am awful in that in that realm. So, mad respect, you got it. <laughs> She's doing dance moves. This is why we need. The, this is why we need like the live stream that they're considering putting in here at some point. That's what we need it for. No doubt about that. Clown show. Clown but, show. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, but uh, good stuff and all the same. All right, Michelle. Any final thoughts from you as we wrap things up here? Pack twelve, do something. That, that's what I, that's right. what I got. Right. That's yeah. what I got. Yeah. Well, and do something or die. Like that's I, that's where we're at. As far as far as unless y'all know something that like you just really have not let any of us know, that's where we're at. At this point, it feels like George Klyovkov maybe has like the biggest ace up his sleeve of anybody in conference realignment history. Or to your point, and it, it's hard to say that like do something or die, but those really feel like. It's going one of two ways here. Like either you're and Stuart Mandel tweeted this out, and I'm going to read it real quick on the way out the door. Just one dynamic of play, and it's something that we've talked about today. One dynamic of play regarding the Pac-12. Their presidents have long been the most ivory tower. They've passed on schools, Boise State, the entire Big Twelve that would have helped them. Do they grasp the urgency this time? This round of expansion is not about prestige; it's about survival. You, you okay, and we all know that the Pac-12. They've always said you need to be AAU member. You need to be a research tier one institution. Like all that's out the window at this point. Get who you can get, and, and just live to fight another day. Really, here's the thing: every conference has their bottom feeders. Yes, you have a great core. Uh-huh. You, despite the departures, you have a great core, and you have some other teams with great potential. Mm-hmm. Just get some bottom feeders to to fill fill out, flush out. Maybe they'll maybe they'll rise up. Maybe they won't. Not your problem. Yeah. But keep it together. Live to fight another day. That, that, literally, that, it's all you've got to focus <laughs> on right now. This next week should be interesting because we'll start to see some reporting coming out. I'm sure of some variety. Be I mean, they better say something. <laughs> they, like literally, they better say something. <laughs> They've got to, no doubt. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Saturday Show. So for Michelle, I'm Jake, and for Christian, thank you for tuning in. Join us again next week. This has been the Saturday Show on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.